0: A presentation of the Lions of Liberty podcast. Here is your host, John Odermatt.
1: Felons, friends, and freedom lovers, it is time for another edition of Felony Friday right here on the Lions of Liberty podcast. Of course, this is the show where we focus each and every single week on exposing injustice in the broken criminal justice system. This is the 92nd episode of Felony Friday so that means you'll be able to find the show notes with links and notes to everything that we're going to talk about at lionsofliberty.com slash FF92. And that's right, I said that we're going to talk about. It's because I have a guest on the show with me today, and we're going to be talking about some uh, felonies trending in the news, some general news items, some major stories happening that I'm sure you're, you're all very much aware of. And uh, we might ask some controversial questions My guest today, you know him well. He's been on this show several times. He is the chief legal counsel. I don't know if that's a thing, chief legal counsel, but we'll make it one here at Lions of Liberty. And I think the last time that he was on, we talked mostly about Jeff Sessions and his escalation of the war on drugs. That was back on episode number 72, if you want to check that out. He is none other than Rico. Rico, welcome back to Felony Friday.
0: Back on the big time. I've been relegated to the Pride podcast for a while, but I'm back in the majors.
1: Back in the saddle again. And there, there's actually been people in the Pride asking for you. So they asked. I and, don't believe that. They asked and I delivered. That's the truth, man. I, I would not lie about that. You've been uh, you've been requested a couple times on our uh, $25 Pride calls. They said, we want more Rico. And I said, I'll see what I can do. I'll see what I can do.
0: <laughs> you got some delusional people out there. I don't know what's going on.
1: Yeah, man. I don't know. So, so what's new with you? Are you uh, are you caught up in uh, tribe fever for the uh, Indians playoff run?
0: Oh, I'm I'm already panicking. I I, I see it all going to hell, and they haven't even played game one. I told Mark yesterday, I'm like, we got no chance against the Yankees. We're screwed. I I don't like our chances. I'm I'm already freaking yeah,
1: out. Ho- yeah, Hopefully, uh, you didn't get too hot too early. Winning that, what was it, 21 games in a row? That's uh, huh, I don't know. 22 22 sorry 22. Don't, don't want to cheapen it yeah that was
0: that was incredible. I actually saw an, an interesting stat so in the last 41 games the Indians are 37 and four and in the last 41 games the browns are four and uh 37.
1: <laughs> oh my god that's incredible
0: <laughs> uh why do we have a football team over? how
1: many, how many quarterbacks have the browns had over that time
0: period? Probably at least forty-one. Yeah, I, I think guessing. I saw.
1: I don't know if this is if this is accurate, but um, I think I saw somewhere that Ben Roethlisberger has more wins than Cleveland Browns yes. quarterbacks over his
0: yes. career. Is that? He is the winniest quarterback in the stadium's history, <laughs> and he only plays there once a year. <laughs> oh, man. that's unbelievable! Wow. Uh, oh yes, that's. What a sad state. Well,
1: we we could talk about Cleveland sports the entire show probably, but thankfully for much of the audience, we're not going to do that. So uh, I want to start off by talking about, um, and it's been talked about a lot this week. You heard Brian talk about it on Electric Liberty Land this past Wednesday. The shooting that took place, of course, out in Las Vegas, the uh, crazed... Lunatic, I don't know I don't know what else to call him, uh, Stephen Paddock, killing at least 58. There's a couple people that are in pretty critical condition, I think, injuring over 200, um, shooting out of the 30, 32nd floor of uh, Mandalay Bay in Las Vegas into that country music concert. And I wanted to kind of go through the timeline as what happened. I haven't heard a lot of people talk about the timeline of how this thing really... Um, unfolded because it, it was it was pretty quick how they uh, identified where he was and got up to him which I thought I thought was was interesting and 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 impressive coming from law enforcement to to get to him rather quickly not knowing where these where these shots are coming from up on the uh, 32nd floor of Mandalay Bay way over to this uh, concert venue but what happened so this guy and I guess there's some controversy over when he checked in. Uh, Just recently today, a report came out that he was ordering room service for two a couple days beforehand, I think on the the 27th. They originally said he checked in on the 28th, but now they're saying he could have actually checked in uh, before that. So anyway, checks in somewhere in that time frame, and around 9.40, Jason Aldean started singing his set at 10.08, reports of shots fired, 10.14, uh, officer indicated on the audio that... He was inside Mandalay Bay on the 31st floor and could hear the shots above him. So that's pretty quick, six minutes to get up there and know that the shooter is 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 right above. So that's that's interesting. Uh, 1019, the Clark County police officials said the gunfire ceased at 1019 around that time. Maybe he was reloading or something like that because it does pick up again because the next thing... That comes on the radio. Officers are taking fire uh, up up on the up there on the thirty second floor. One of the security guards got shot, and then it starts getting weird. Saying that there's people reporting. There's more than one shooter. There's three shooters. Uh, Ten twenty four. Um, there's back and forth. They've confirmed that he's in room one thirty five on this on the thirty second floor. And then the next thing, um, next thing they do. Finally, when they get in, I guess they secure the room or whatever, and they find him at 11.20. He had uh, committed suicide, killed himself, and in the room, of course, they found 23 guns, uh, several uh, you know, semi-automatic rifles that had additions to them, bump stocks, in order to make them act as automatic weapons. So, Rico, what, what's your... Uh I guess, what was your initial reaction to this story, just just reaction to everything as it unfolded?
0: I just saw it when I woke up on Monday morning. I saw the uh, news story and the email, and then I saw it on all the TVs at the airport. And it was obviously horrifying. Um, and just, I didn't really understand the details. That, so the uh, concert was not at the mandalay bay I, for some reason i thought it was at the mandalay bay but i guess it was across the street from the mandalay bay is that accurate and but you could still obviously see it from the windows
1: yeah it was it was across across the street i guess it was a, a common concert venue area up there in vegas
0: and so all all day you see initially i think it's at at least 20 dead at least 30 so the the toll just kept rising and rising and it was just like, oh, that's just a terrible, terrible tragedy, and um, and a, and then you knew, okay, well, where is the you know the political hot takes going to come in? Um, how long are they going to take? And and my first kind of reaction to the news was, okay, well, he had automatic weapons and. So what what is the take on gun control going to be because automatic weapons are already legal? So, you know, I didn't really see where they were going to you know complain. And on the other hand, um, I don't think anyone, you know, civilians being armed would have done anything to lessen the uh, toll in this particular case because no one in the crowd could possibly hit a guy shooting from the 32nd floor and much what you know, even if they knew where he was coming from. So I kind of thought, well, maybe there's not going to be any political hot takes on this particular issue, but that was pretty stupid of me to think that for a second.
1: And then Hillary Clinton tweeted, and I'm not going to rehash it because Brian went over it on on ELL, but uh, she, of course, did not hesitate jumping in, calling for uh, silencers to saying what? How bad would have this been if the shooter had, had had a silencer on his weapon and no one would have been able to even know that there was a uh, gunfire happening? Which of course is ridiculous. Uh, it's really, I mean, a, it's not really a silencer. That's not the correct term. Uh, suppressor is the more accurate terminology, and it su- suppresses the sound, but it does not silence. It does not eliminate it, and it would be compared to. Uh, a gun with a, uh, a semi-automatic rifle, like the one that this guy was using, with a suppressor on it, it would still sound as loud as as loud as a jackhammer. So,
0: yeah, that that's what I heard too. And so it's like, how could you? Either you're just being completely disingenuous, or you're stupid and not educated on the facts um, when you're talking about silencers. Because one, I really doubt. Um, You know, whether there was sound or not had any role or or much role because once people are shot, it doesn't take long for panic to spread throughout a crowd. I don't think it was necessarily noise, Um, you know, coming from the 32nd window, uh, floor of a window in the Mandalay Bay, a hotel across the street that's causing everyone to flee. It's seeing people get shot or you know, other people in the crowd you seeing other people in the crowd react in panic and it that just spread. So I'm guessing, at least initially, some of the people didn't even realize what was going on, just that something bad had happened. You know, because there's so many people there and then everyone starts running and screaming. Um, so I'm guessing a lot of people didn't know at first, you know, the first moments after the shooting started really what happened. Um, they're just seeing other people react to it. But back to Clinton, it's just what she obviously is, um, has an agenda and no matter the facts of what she's actually saying, it doesn't matter. That's not going to get in her way.
1: Yeah. And just to go back to talking about the reaction of people on the ground, I mean, I'm sure nobody thought they even, you know, gave it, gave a, just even a thought to the chance that there was somebody up on the 32nd floor of Mandalay Bay shooting down. I mean, One person gets shot, they're probably assuming there's people in the crowd with guns. I mean, it would just be complete chaos. I can't even can't even imagine it, and it makes it even more ridiculous. I don't know if you saw the article. I think it came out today in the Washington Post, talking about uh, Dan Blitzerian, I think is how you say his name, the Instagram guy who got famous. He's a poker player too. Got famous by Having all his pictures with all these hot girls on Instagram. He's and he's a big gun nut too, his pictures with, with lots of firearms and, and shooting guns and, and stuff like that. And the Washington Post basically trashed him saying, Look at this gun nut running away from gunfire, you know, what a coward. Which is just, <laughs> just, just, just asinine. <laughs> Completely asinine because
0: you own guns, you're you're invincible to bullets? Like yeah, I don't is? this is oh one my, of the, I did not see that story
1: yeah this no. is one of the biggest uh, you know mainstream media sources in our country and they're putting up garbage just complete trash like that it's it's really incredible we're we'll talking about fake news that that is freaking fake news right there I mean to even say that how can you expect anybody to what, what, what are you supposed to you
0: just stand there? All is well. I own guns and they're at home, so don't worry about these bullets flying around. Yeah, is that uh, apparently what uh, stance he should have taken?
1: Uh, apparently, and I mean, if, if they'd actually followed the story, apparently he did come back after the gunfire had stopped, and he was he was helping uh, he was helping with you know, injured people and stuff. So, anyway, I I, I don't know what Wapo is trying to accomplish there. It, it's really getting. It's really getting ugly out there in the uh, in the gun debate, and it's it's just it's such a shame that immediately in this country the first thing that people do is elevate it into a debate, uh, playing politics back and forth. I mean, there's there's uh, 58 people, 58 individuals, larger than that, families, people completely blown away right now, suffering, losing loved ones. Uh, it's just so so much trauma. And it's, it's just a shame. And I I really wish that our country was, was better than this. Um, I think a lot of people are, but there's just really,
0: I think, yeah, I think a lot of it, uh, not necessarily the people like Clinton or some of the, you know, political or even the late night talk show hosts, maybe not so much them, but I think a lot of people are just, they, they see something like this and say, we need to prevent this. And, and think okay if we do x that equals no more of these kind of incidents ever and if you op- oppose their solution you don't care uh, at least in their mind mm-hmm. like oh you you don't care about gun control so you're fine with you know mass murder it's like no that's not what we're saying your solution would have no effect at all on these particular situations but it's it's just a matter of them trying to rationalize, I think in their own head, that they can, that these events can just be completely eliminated from uh, the world. And that's, I mean, sure, everyone would love to eliminate violence and, and random killings. But is that really possible? If, if not this way, then some other way, you know, there's, uh, unfortunately, in this context, where there's a will, there's a way. And if it wasn't, automatic weapons, it would be something else. It's, you know, you could make a homemade bomb. Um, they did that what in the Olympics uh, back in 96 or the Boston Marathon. I mean, were people advocating for the elimination of pressure cookers and nails and everything back then to make sure that there would be not be any more attacks? If there's a public gathering and someone wants to commit violence, it's certainly very possible. And, and that's just you know, it's unfortunately a part of life, and hopefully the occurrences keep being very rare, but it's not going to be eliminated no matter what your stance on, on gun control is.
1: Yeah, I think I think you hit the nail on the head, because that that's the argument I keep hearing from the left, that this is a, a problem that has an easy solution, that if we just outlawed Weapon X or outlawed... Uh, these uh, bump stocks or, or outlawed whatever that it's going to make everybody safer and that is that's a fallacy that that's not the way the world works. There are bad people out there. There are people who are insane. There are people who want to hurt you. And they're going to find a way to do that, which is unfortunate. We would all like to feel safe. I think that it's in our DNA as human beings, as we've evolved to where we are today, that obviously we try to mitigate risk, we try to make things safer. That's why we live in houses and not little huts. I mean, that's we we uh, we like feeling secure, but unfortunately, that's that's not the way the world works. And there's going to be bad things that happen, be it by a human being doing something, or a natural disaster, or or whatever. So the best we can do is to be prepared, and the best we can do it in the political realm as libertarians is protect our liberty, protect uh, ourselves from uh, government infringing upon the right to defend ourselves, defend our family, and defend our property. So Rico, to, to start out talking about some of the things, since since the gun debate is hot right now and it is happening, I feel like it's important that we weigh in. So I just want to start off talking about this guy used he used semi-automatic rifles, uh, assault assault weapons, as they uh, as the leftists say, and he used a, a bump stick to, to make it fire like an automatic weapon. I've I've never fired uh, one of those before. I watched some videos on it recently to see. To see what it was like and how it worked, it's it's a very simple device that, that goes on on the back of the rifle and essentially puts your uh, it comes up around the trigger and you essentially hold your finger right on the trigger and then you pull you pull the fire the firearm back and as you're doing that it fires and if you keep that forward pressure back on the gun the bump stick is made is made to give into your shoulder it gives and kind of springs back and that's why you get that that uh. Almost uh, quasi automatic fire. So, Rico, is there any is there any benefit in your mind to outline the manufacturing and sale of these uh, bump stocks?
0: Okay. Well, I'll preface my comments by saying I know very little about guns in actual uh, practice. I fired a, a gun probably once or twice in my entire life at shooting ranges. So. I- and certainly never anything very high powered. So I, I really just visually, it's it's hard for me to picture how that actually works. But my understanding of bump stocks is even if you make them illegal, it's not a very difficult thing for someone to modify certain weapons just at home with a few simple tools. Perhaps I'm wrong on that. Um, but I think you're the right. only way, the only way, apparently, you can prevent. Um, semi-automatic weapons from being turned quasi-automatic is, is some kind of welding procedure um, with the, the trigger. I, so I, I'm, again, I don't really know much about uh, how these weapons work, but you know, there's there's always a workaround. So you know, if anyone wants to do it, it seems like they're going to be able to do it. So I don't I don't really see the point in it, but you know, obviously. <laughs> Plenty of people uh, on the left would disagree with that.
1: Yeah, and as uh, I've heard other people bring up that, you know, we have 3D printers now, so really, right. you're not you're not going to be able to cut off that technology. You can't you can't put 3D printers back in Pandora's box. People are able to you know download the drawings from anywhere in the world and they, they can print out uh, whatever pieces they need in their own home and that's only going to get better and easier and more affordable as the te- as the technology gets uh, gets better and better um, short of you know everyone's internet connection being monitored 24/7 by the government and house checks on people who who, who come up as as buying certain certain things online you're you're not going to you're not going to stop that but a lot of people, and uh, I, I noticed libertarians doing this too, when it comes to full auto weapons. Now, full auto weapons are are not legal, and you you can get a you know a machine gun, a fully automatic weapon with a. You have to do a little bit more. I think you have to get a, a tax stamp from the Treasury Department. That's a few hundred bucks, but then you got to find the weapon, and they haven't been manufactured, I think, since 1986. I want to say I don't have it in front of me. So they're expensive as hell. I mean, they're not cheap to get. But I think a lot of libertarians fall back on when they get in arguments with gun control people cuz people that favor gun control think that automatic weapons are everywhere and everyone has them and they think that assault rifles are automatic weapons. So they're just confused. So people counter that by saying, "Well, automatic weapons, you know, people don't have them. You have to go through this process to get them. It's it's not easy to get them." I don't know if that's the right way to go about it, because I think as libertarians, we should be fighting for maximum liberty, for protecting our our freedom, our ability to defend ourselves against people trying to infringe on our rights, against tyrannical governments. We need to defend that liberty to the full extent of our ability, and I think the place to start the argument— is with the legalization, the full legalization of automatic weapons with no restrictions, being that any gun company should be able to manufacture and sell fully automatic weapons, machine guns. Now, does that mean that people are going to go out tomorrow, if that happens, and start buying machine guns and start shooting up malls and shooting up uh, concerts? No, it doesn't mean that. (laughs) the gun itself is not going to turn people into crazy people. There's not going to be any more crazy people the day before that bill would pass to legalize fully automatic weapons compared to the day after. So it's, it's a ridiculous argument. It's not the gun that is evil, that is killing people. It's not the gun. That's the problem. It is mental illness. It's people with whatever problems they have in their life who are just terrible, evil people. So, Rico, what are your thoughts on automatic weapons? Is this... Are you happy with the way it's re, it's regulated now? Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna put you on the spot here. Do you think they should be legalized? What are your thoughts?
0: Um. Yeah, I never really even considered that question before. Uh, but you know, if you look at just the statistics, crime seems to have been going down at a pretty steadily a uh, pretty steady rate over the last. 20 years and and there hasn't been you know despite the um I don't know what it is 300 million guns in in this country I think that's is that the right statistic That sounds so,
1: right I'm not I, I can't remember
0: So it, to me it doesn't appear to be any correlation between the actual presence of guns in our society and violent crime so it would it would seem counterintuitive if you agree with that premise I more guns don't necessarily equal more violence. Then why would a certain class of guns then need to be outlawed? Are you following my? So yeah, it seems no, that, like
1: that makes that makes perfect sense. Yeah.
0: So, uh, I personally wouldn't want to be around an automatic weapon. I, <laughs> if someone was walking down the street with one, I would probably be quite uh, <laughs> uh, scared of it. But um, Like you said, if if someone means to do you harm, they're going to do you harm. And uh, the best defense is your own, um, you know, whatever means of defense you you can provide for yourself. So, yeah, I I don't see that uh, the introduction of automatic weapons into society would would then screw that curve up and say, oh, no, the trend is back towards more crimes and that, therefore, we we have to ban automatic weapons. I, I just don't see that. So, um, and it's all esoteric, anyways. <laughs> That's the last thing that would ever happen. And even if it did, like you said, they're quite um, expensive. So, I,
1: I don't know. I mean, with with Trump being a master manipulator, he might come out. You know, they're they're trying to negotiate right now. The the left and the right are, are probably in the next coming weeks will try to negotiate on some kind of solution. To address this, uh, the gun violence, the, the mass shootings that they claim have been on the rise, I would maybe Trump will come out and say, "Well, maybe we should legalize fully automatic weapons." To bring, I, I doubt it because he, he is a, a lefty at heart and he has he hasn't been kind, he hasn't always been kind to the Second Amendment until this uh, election that uh, he got the uh, conservatives on his on his side by supporting the NRA, supporting the Second Amendment.
0: And my other, yeah, I, I definitely don't see him uh, doing that. But the other thing is if your local police departments can have automatic weapons, which I believe many do, especially with this more militarization of police, you know, what, what do they need automatic weapons for? If, if they need them for their protection, then why should the average citizen not be able to have the same level of protection for the, themselves and their family?
1: It's a good point. I agree with you. And with that, we will uh we'll leave that leave that discussion. And there was I want to encourage everybody because I did I asked the same question in the Lions of Liberty forum today, and a lot of people responded. And I'm not going to say anybody's name because it's it's a private forum. But there were some some great comments, and I think some people have some really. Uh, good perspective on, on this argument. And of course, I mean, which is good. I, the, the reason I asked it because I didn't put a poll up. I wanted some some discourse and back and forth. And there were people that, that pushed back on it, too, and and uh, questioned if it was a, a wise move to uh, to legalize automatic weapons. So I want to encourage anybody listening who is not a member of Lions of Liberty Forum. On Facebook, you can just go to Facebook, punch Lions of Liberty Forum in the search bar at the top. And uh, we'll get you in as long as you're a real person. And you can weigh in on the automatic weapon debate. You can weigh in on anything we're talking about. There's always a lot of great conversations going on in the Lions of Liberty Forum. So check that out. And I want to move on now to start talking about some felonies trending in the news. But first, a word from our sponsor for today's show. Some noteworthy items here. The first one I just want to touch on a study that I saw recently this past week, and it was uh, there's a new research study out there that looked at the scale of incarceration and felony uh, felony convictions as of 2010. And some of the numbers in this study are just absolutely startling. Looking at the total U.S. population. um, have served some prison time. 15% of African-American male population have served prison time. You look at felony convictions, 8% uh, of the overall population had a felony conviction, and 33% of the African-American male population had a felony conviction. One in three. That that is just ridiculous. So the, the way this study... Uh, compiled these numbers because this stuff is, is not reported. There's not a system that captures all the data. So, what they did is really th- they estimated over time and they estimated each state's numbers and they mapped their distribution of the states, documenting the growth from 1980 uh, up until 2010. And I mean, I, I think it's pretty alarming. And over, when you look overall, this is back up until 2010, there were 19 million people. In the United States, that had a felony
0: on their record. That's,
1: I mean, if if that doesn't raise an alarm, I I don't know what does.
0: It's very sad that the lawmakers, you know, in each state, um, just don't see this as troubling as we find it. It seems like the solution when they see these numbers is, well, we got to build more prisons. Then, (laughs) you know, it's like, no, that's we we need less people in prison. We need to really look at what we're giving people felonies for and, and really analyzing how we're affecting, you know, individuals lives, their families, lives, the lives of our, you know, community by putting 33% of people, you know, African-American population have felony convictions of 15%, you know, have served time in prison. That can ruin someone's life that can ruin a family, um, Completely screws up a, a community and, and probably their perceptions of, of how government treats them, which leads to other problems. Um, so we need to shift course from where we've been going and, and really reverse completely, I think.
1: Yeah. and One thing I thought of, you know, people are always talking about bipartisan agreement. We need the, the two sides to come together. There's a couple areas where the two sides have come together. Foreign policy, they've come together, and we've got these perpetual wars. In you know whatever five or seven different countries whatever it is right now. And another area where they've come together over the years, over the past decades, all the way from Bill Clinton up through George Bush, up through Barack Obama. Although Barack Obama was a little a little bit better on criminal justice reform, but right back to the terrible side with Donald Trump is they've agreed on the drug war. They they've agreed on throwing nonviolent people, locking them in a cage, giving them a felony on their record. So anytime you see both sides of the political aisle agreeing on something, you got to get really, really worried because they can do a hell of a lot of damage to society when they find something to agree on. Because what they agree on is not normally a, uh, a good thing. It's not normally a good thing for liberty. To move on, right now, we're going to play America's fastest growing podcast game show, Is This a Crime? And Should They Do Time?
0: Is it a crime?
1: go to, to start out with this first one here, and I'll just go over it quickly. And anybody can, of course, go to the show notes page, linesoflibertycom slash FF92 to read these stories for themselves. And you can play this game at home. You can play it at home anytime. You can play with your family. You can play at the dinner table. Play this podcast. Everybody could weigh in. It's a, it's a good family bonding experience. I, I highly recommend it. So starting out with this first one, this is a, uh, a mother who refused to bring her son's vaccinations up to date was sentenced to seven days in jail. And this mother from the Detroit area, Rebecca Bredow, and she this, this just happened, I think, maybe Wednesday or Tuesday uh, this week, where she got this seven-day jail sentence from the judge for not complying with court orders to bring vaccinations up to date. What happened, this is a divorce situation. And originally, I guess the husband and wife had agreed that they were not going to follow a vac- vaccination schedule. They were going to make their own schedule to spread out the vaccinations more. And I guess after this divorce, the mother changed her mind and decided she did not want to vaccinate her son and the father wanted to vaccinate. So it went to court and the father won. So the judge originally gave the mother, I think, like five days or something after the uh, after the last appearance of court before, before this one to get the vaccinations up to date. She did not comply, so this is where the seven-day jail sentence came from. So Rico, is this a crime?
0: Um, so I think you may have the facts slightly off because what you said is what I initially believed um, after I read the story, that's what I initially thought the timeline was. Um, I think it may be actually a case where, like you said, they agreed to spread out the vaccinations and then the husband went to court and said, "Nah, we need to get all these done now because this is the, the he's at the age where all of his vaccinations should have been done already." So I think that's what happened. And then the judge said, "Yeah, I think, yep, I, think you're, facts, you're, I think
1: my facts I think my facts were right. You just add a little more a little more background. I appreciate that."
0: So like, but I think where the difference was is you initially. Um, maybe indicated that the mother changed her mind. I think it was really the the father changed his mind and said, you know what? I know I agreed to um, or we agreed to spread out these vaccinations, but I don't want to spread them out anymore. They all need to be done now, which was contrary to the agreement.
1: Okay. Well, that, that's so, yeah, that's what I'm not sure about. I thought that the mother was saying that because she had a quote, I uh, don't have it in front of me. The quote was something to the effect of she was interviewed by ABC and she said she would rather go to jail then allow her nine-year-old son to receive the swath of vaccinations in, in one week.
0: Yeah. So. Because she, she, the judge said, yeah, you got to get them all done now. So what they were going to do is give the child eight vaccinations. Okay. I
1: see what you're saying.
0: Yeah. Like right away. And she's worried, you know, she didn't believe in vaccinations and she was worried about how the effect, um, of having so many vaccinations would be. And I, so I was cur- just curious about what effects maybe multiple vaccines at the same time could have. And, and I looked it up and on the CDC's website, it says, big bold, getting multiple vaccines at the same time, is shown to be safe. But then <laughs> in smaller print, it says certain combinations of vaccines together can cause fever and occasional fibril seizures, um, which I had to look that up and it said, Oh, they're they're harmless. Uh, it's just you know they, they go in convulsions and uh, you know maybe the muscles tighten up and they lose consciousness but uh, no no reason to worry which if your baby is having seizures of any sort, I certainly think that's cause for concern so um, I could kind of see where the mother might be coming from here a little worried about this and just based upon my understanding of their agreement, Mother and the father both agreed to a certain vaccination schedule. If the father, in fact, did change his mind, that's you know, he's breaking the agreement that he gave, and then he's not only allowed to back out of the agreement, but the mother has to kind of go against what was agreed to by the parties under threat of jail. So, certainly, don't think it's a a crime. Um, it, it seems very unfair to the mother that to be threatened with jail time over um, an agreement she, she legally made, and uh, it, it seems to be unfortunate. I o- I've always had a kind of a broader struggle over whether vaccines should be mandatory in the first place, but I, I suppose that's a, a little bit more nuanced of an issue than this.
1: Yeah, but but I think this does kind of bring, bring up, w- with a divorce, but a situation like that, I mean, both parents have have a say in the uh, the medical decisions of, of their child and how they're treated if they get va- vaccinations. So it, 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 without us being able to see if there were any documents signed or, or, or what was happening there, it does sound like, of like you said, like the court is siding with the father. Now that I look at this again, and... I don't see any justification any sort of um, contract that is on the side of the father and shows the mother violating that contract outside of that if the mother was violating some sort of contract um, I could see some sort of some sort of restitution I don't know but jail time seems pretty stupid I don't see any reason to put her in, in jail that just seems ridiculous but if there was no contractual violation I um, these two adults just have to work it out on their own and if they got to bring in an uh, an arbitrator to, to figure it out then so be it but I don't think the right answer is to really have have a judge decide I don't know I, I guess you're you're more versed in the legality of that is that something people do to for disputes like for a dispute over vaccinations would people go to uh, you know someone to arbitrate that dispute?
0: Oh, well, thank God I've never had to do any kind of family court stuff <laughs> uh, or, or any um, you know domestic relations matters. It, I've heard it's it's not very pleasant. Yeah, and if there's a dispute, it eventually works its way. It goes through mediation, and if there's no agreement there, if you go to a judge, and it appears that she's getting jail time, it's more of a contempt of court Um But whatever the reason, jail's jail. You know, you can say, "Well, I wasn't convicted of crime, so it's not as bad." Well, you're still in jail, whether it's contempt of court, and and um, you know, they say like the key to being unlocked from jail and contempt of court is just to comply with the court order. But that's the problem in the first place is the court order is going against what she agreed to. So she's Mm -hmm. she's definitely doesn't seem to be getting a fair uh, fair shake here.
1: Yes, cer- certainly not, and uh, yeah, we could definitely talk about this one more. But I, I do want to move on. We I think we only have time for for one more because after this, we're going to be recording a special bonus episode for members of the Lions of Liberty Pride. It's going to be a I don't know what I'm going to call it yet. It's going to be I guess a degenerate gamblers uh, episode. We're going to be we're going to be picking some <laughs> football games, maybe some baseball games. And of course, guys, no money will be exchanged in this uh, this gambling. With quotes, it's all fake money. It's all in good fun. We're not placing bets, so so no worries there. And uh, yeah, and if you're in the pride and you want to play along at home, then you're free to pick games with us. We'll of course explain the the rules and, and regulations of participating um, in that uh, in that pride episode. So if you're not a member of the Lions of Liberty Pride, you can join for as little as five dollars a month at Lions of Liberty dot com slash support last story of the day I, I want to talk about Rico this, this story out of Syracuse where a man got charged with a felony convicted felony charges for dumping flour on a TV reporter on, on live television so this is a, in Syracuse, New York uh, this man has admitted to it happening and it's on it's on video so it, it happened there's not much can't really avoid that it, it, it was determined like at first when it happened he dumps it and uh, they didn't know what it was, obviously. They thought it could be anthrax or something. But so the, the woman, the TV anchor, starts starts flipping out. And of course, they find out it's flour, and of course, harmless flour is harmless. So I'm not really sure why why this guy was charged with a felony, but he ended up pleading guilty to placing a false hazardous substance causing public alarm, which I didn't even know that that was a was <laughs> something you could be charged with. So He, he can be end-
0: charged with a crime for anything these days.
1: I guess so. And so he hasn't been sentenced yet, but he's in jail right now. He's been, he's been in jail for, for a few months, but they're saying when he is sentenced, he will, he will be sentenced to somewhere between somewhere around six months in jail and maybe f- up to four and a half years probation. But when he is sentenced, he'll probably just be released since he's been in jail for the entire summer. But anyway, Rico, what's what's the breakdown here? Should anyone go to prison for dumping flour on somebody?
0: Uh, no. <laughs> it seems to me like you would pretty quickly realize that it was flour, would you not? Like if someone dumped flour on you and you you had no idea, wouldn't you realize right away it was flour? Especially if it was a lot of flour. Like I think you would. T- you it's would got taste a certain it, right? texture, I mean... a taste. You're like, oh, you, you know. <laughs> You, you don't flower on me. How dare you? <laughs> Jerk.
1: Yeah, th- there was this um, uh, there' was this game that uh, I think it was after you graduated Rico the people in the fraternity would call it a game it's more like <laughs> it's not fun for the person having it's more of a prank having the prank played on them where you somebody's sleeping and pour some water on their face and they jump up say what's that and then you throw flour in their face. And then they're just <laughs> covered with flour. But anyway,
0: that would be a uh, felony, I guess. Sounds fun. <laughs> if you do a it in point. public. <laughs> yeah. You're a felon, Odie. I Multiple never did. It. I, it never, sounds... I never, oh, sure, I
1: never participated. Sure. Sure,
0: sure. Uh, yeah, I mean, it. it's, I, I guess I can, I mean, if you stretch, you can kind of see the point where if you're, you're really messing with someone on a, you know, and you dump some kind of crazy substance, um, but and they think, oh God, I've been poisoned. But um, and they have to go to the hospital and have all kinds of tests done or, or whatever. I mean, I, I can't even think of what you could do to what you could dump on someone to make them think that and, and go through all that. I, I guess that's the logic. But certainly here, I mean, she should know right away it was it was flour, or someone should be able to tell her within like twenty seconds. Hey, calm down. It was it was flour. Don't worry about it. And then she has to go home and take a shower and dry clean her clothes and that's the end of it, I guess.
1: Yeah, that's that, that's the extent of the uh, the damages of the restitution. Maybe some dry cleaning, you know, yeah. I don't know, something like that. So yeah, ridiculous, completely insane law. I, I couldn't even. Sometimes I, I search for felonies and you know it, when, when you're looking when you're looking through Google at felonies, you see a lot of the same ones. You see, you know, people getting caught growing marijuana plants. You see. Cocaine trafficking, you see, uh, you know, heroin busts, things like that, DUIs, a lot of DUIs. When you see someone getting a felony for dumping flour in someone's head, you, you got to talk about it. You can't pass and it. And
0: up. the other thing that wasn't really discussed is I'm guessing this person that did this has some kind of mental health issue. It did say he was homeless for a few years, which doesn't necessarily mean you have a mental illness, but there's you know, pretty good chance if you're homeless for a few years, you're suffering from some kind of mental health problem. And, you know, there doesn't appear to be any motivation for such a a kind of a ridiculous act. So maybe rather than giving this guy a felony, and you want him to go through some kind of justice, get him a psychiatric evaluation and, and, and some, you know, whatever kind of counseling that's available. But How is giving a a guy who's been homeless in the past a felony going to help him on his way towards a better life? It seems like well now now he's definitely screwed. He's not going to be able to get a job ever, and his life is just going to go further down.
1: Yeah, it's certainly not going to help him. And the, the number one thing I hear from people with a felony on the record when I interview them on this show is once they get out of prison and they're introduced back into society, the hardest thing to do. It's not necessarily find a job because you can find a job. It might be well below what you're qualified to do, but you can find washing dishes or something like that. But finding a place to live, finding someone who will lease you an apartment uh, or just anywhere to live, that that is the hardest thing. So to uh, arrest a homeless man and convict him of a felony for a crime like this just seems completely absurd and counterintuitive. But that's the world we live in today. So, Rico, that's
0: uh, that's all we got. I want
1: to thank you for coming on today's show.
0: Absolutely, man. It was a good time. Well,
1: that's a wrap for today's episode, guys. I want to thank Rico for coming on the show to talk about these important subjects. And if you like today's show, please think about subscribing. Subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts these days. And remember, when you do subscribe, you get all three of our weekly episodes, every show on Monday with Mark Clare, every show on Wednesday with Brian McWilliams on Electric Liberty Land. And of course, this show, Felony Friday with myself, John Odermatt. So check that out, guys. And when you're at iTunes or on Stitcher, be sure to leave us a, uh, a review a, a five-star review would be excellent, and also a, a comment as well, because that helps us with the algorithms and helps us to do well in the eyes of the uh, the iTunes gods. So please, we appreciate the support. And also, guys, if you haven't joined the Lions of Liberty Pride, you're missing out. We have so much bonus content right now. It's just ridiculous. I think in the past week, we've had four, four or five yeah different bonus items come through and this this is stuff that is exclusive to the uh to the pride the bonus content that i said I'll, I'll be recording after today's show with with rico and also I think brian's gonna join us as well and this is nothing to do with with liberty it's just gonna be picking some football games if you guys are football fans or even if you're not and you just want to hear us be ridiculous we're gonna we're gonna do a little fake, fake gambling and, uh, and put some money on some uh, on some sporting events. Should be a good time. So you can get all that by joining the Lions of Liberty Pride. Lowest amount is five dollars. As you go up ten, twenty five, you get more, more perks, more free stuff. At twenty five, of course, you get that monthly call with us where you can chime in and uh, talk about the show and give us give us different ideas and things to talk about. So that is all I have for today, guys. Of course, as always, Donor C app, check it out. Um, We really want to encourage everyone to find a cause, find a project to support on Donor C. I want to thank you all for listening today. This was a, a very important episode, and I want to encourage you, please, if you enjoyed what you heard today, please share the episode. This is John Odermatt signing off. Always remember to keep your head up and the fires of Liberty burning.